0: Coffee with Casey. Take a little time to look at the market, and the market is changing. Strategies are changing. Here's a, here's what's going on this week. We want to talk about a couple things. One, um, I want to talk about the Hail Mary, right? So, um, uh, 90 days ago, 90 percent of the homes sold in the first weekend, right? And now only 20 percent are selling that first weekend, which means you know, eighty percent of the houses are all going to go through that process of step two, the monbacks in week two, and then you know contingent contracts in week three, and then you know repricing week four. So, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. It's very, very important. I also want to talk about protecting good sellers. What are and this is not only for my sellers, but it's also for the uh, realtors at Samson Properties. How you protect good sellers? There are good sellers, and there are very difficult sellers. So one out of twenty sellers will steal all your time, energy, and money, and you want to be very careful not to take those listings. Uh, as I would say, the best listing is the one that you don't take. So I'm going to give you an example of that this week, um, and then we're going to talk about you know what you learn after you know it all. You know we all know it all. Everybody, you know, when I was 40, I was a brilliant. Uh, you know, I knew everything until I I realized I didn't. Right. So we're going to talk about that learning process and the, and it's kind of an evolution that everybody has to go through as we, as we move along. So let's first talk about, let's talk about, oh, we're also going to talk about re, you know, pricing or rehab. So you have a house needs a new kitchen, needs a new bathroom. How do we arrive at pricing for those homes? We have two good ones coming on the market that we can talk about, but first I want to talk about the most important thing and that is protecting good sellers. What is a good seller and what is a bad seller? A good seller is an educated seller. A good seller is one that does their homework, trusts their agent, whether it's me or someone else. They trust their agent to guide them to do what they should do: price it right, uh, stage it right, prepare it right, market it right. You know all that stuff. They, you know, a good seller when you see them because they're asking questions and implementing strategies. Right, a. Um and they have proper expectations, right? They're not over, you know, they 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 they're very realistic. Those are really good sellers. Now, now those are the people that we help. Those are, you know, people that are gonna sell them, most of them in the first weekend, and um, you know, that was then. I mean, some may may spill over, but but these are the kind of sellers that really you know you can help, right? So what is it what is a seller we keep our eye out for and why? I, I want to prevent us from getting one of these sellers in our portfolio because they literally will steal all your energy you know your time it's just it really wears you out and and a, and a, and a, and a seller you want to stay away from is one that's telling you what to do that is not willing to prepare the house that has not put the added updates in or um, uh, upgrades that the normal house would have although they they don't in the updates but they want to get paid as a house that is updated and usually you'll see that they're the ones telling you what to do not asking you what to do so my radar went off on on a listing um in early may and we kind of realized this was going to be a problem and we declined the listing and since may the home was listed uh may 6th the home was listed with three separate agents it was listed one hundred and fifty thousand dollars over list price it was not prepared for the market. It's gone through three different agents. So they went on the market. They fired their agent. It's all the agent's fault. They hired another agent. They fired that agent. It's the agent's fault. they dropped the price from one million one to 1 million75. So, you know, my recommendation was nine fifty. So it's a nine hundred fifty thousand dollar house. Now we're going to start seeing more and more of those because you can make a mistake when 90% of the homes went under contract in the first weekend. But now this exposes those kind of houses and they're not going to sell and they're going to withdraw. This one withdrew three times. So in all of that process that we would have gone through, we want to spend that time with good sellers, making sure their marketing plans are correct, that we're doing the contracts that we're handling all the things we need to do for the good sellers. So, so I'm going to, um, so if my sellers you're protected that we don't take bad listings and that's why we do have a high success rate. But for you Samson agents, I, you know, sometimes I know an agent doesn't get a lot of listings. Um, so whatever you get, you take and you're willing to overprice it to get it. Um, that's a bad strategy. So um, take that time that that age, that that seller would, would sap all your energy and money and spend it going finding better sellers. Okay. So that's all I can say. All right. So, with that said, let's talk about a good seller because now we're going to go through a more elongated process. It might not be everybody selling in that first weekend. We might have some that sell, you know, 20, 30, 40 days down the road. And we really need to have a good seller because this is a collaboration. I mean, we're not just telling people what to do. We're collaborating with sellers. These are the strategies. You know, what are your thoughts? How are we going to do it? So Let's say you take a house and it's gone 30 days. You've gone through all the processes. The first wave had plenty of traffic, but nobody bought it. The monbacks come in and we really didn't get any contract from that. We opened it up to contingencies and we still didn't get anything from that. So we're unwilling to sell at a price that's 50,000 less than we are at. We're just unwilling to do that, right? But here comes the contracts. The contracts are coming in below that number. I mean, not below the list price, Below 50,000. I mean, these contracts are coming in 100,000 under the list price. So here's the Hail Mary, or what we call it, and I don't really think it is a Hail Mary, but what you want to do is if the market has already marked your property down, in other words, it's been on for 1.35 million, no buyers, right? Well, they've already priced it in their own mind down, right? So they're coming in lower. So the smart thing to do is even if you have contracts, like let's say I had a contract at 1.3 million and we were at 1.35, right? And sellers really want 1.35 and I'm pretty convinced that's what it's worth. Then I would drop the sales price, the list price. Even though I had a contract at 1.3, drop it to 1.3. Why? Because it's three times the buyer pool down there. Now, once the 1.3 see it, Now there's a good chance that they'll bid it back up, right? Because 1.3 buyer pool, people that set their computers to give me all homes under 1.3, have not seen that house yet. Let's see what they have to say about it. So, So we really haven't had to do this in quite a while, but the strategy is that after 30 days, the market has already marked the property down. You might as well go to that number hit a bigger buyer pool, and let them bid it back up. And we were successful with that. I mean, we went from 1.6, we lowered the price to 155 and got a couple contracts at 1.6. So so the strategy does work, but after 30 days, you want to get down to that other buyer pool. And, and again, that's the fourth phase, right? First first wave comes the first week. Hopefully they bid it up. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Second, the Monbacks. Buyers that saw it, didn't want to bid, they come on back. Look at it again. The third week is we open it up to contingent contracts. If anybody has a home to sale, our, you give us our price, we'll give you your terms. And then week four is basically time that the market has already marked your property down. Let's get $50,000 low, even though we have contracts coming in. Because what does that do? That scares the hell out of the contracts. It really makes them think, oh my gosh, now everybody's going to see it. Now there really is going to be a bidding war, right? And I'm not concerned that we can't match that contract if we've got three times the buyer pool, especially a buyer pool that's looking at less houses than this. So, so that's one thing that the, this new market that we're in, that you want to be thoughtful of, that if you go 30 days, Samson agents, if you go 30 days, you got to drop it down because everybody's already coming in with that lower price. Get to the bigger buyer pool. Hopefully they'll bid it, bid it back up. Okay. All right. So let's talk about uh, another thing. Let's talk about pricing um, a a rehab, right? So a lot of, we used to call them handyman specials back in the day, right? When I was an old geezer. So, or when I was a young guy, now I'm an old geezer. So these uh, handyman specials, these rehabs, right? Beautiful bones, nice neighborhood. It just, they didn't update the kitchen, didn't update the master bedroom bathroom. Maybe the walls need paint. Or they have grass cloth or something like that. So, so there's opportunities coming up. Uh, I, we have two of them where Big Bones, great neighborhood, great looking house, um, you know, seven thousand square foot house, but they just need an updated kitchen, updated bathrooms. They haven't been done yet. So we look at the house that and price it as if it had a new master bedroom bathroom and it had a new kitchen. Okay, so. If it really had all of that, it would probably go for two point one million, maybe more than two point one million. But it doesn't have those, so we look at the value of what would it cost to put in a new kitchen, hundred thousand, big kitchen in a house like that, A couple of new bathrooms, eighty thousand to one hundred thousand dollars on the bathrooms, that's two hundred thousand dollars. So the discount <coughs> would be what are the costs of the upgrades and then you have big what what i call big um, and an incentive dollars for somebody to come in and do that right so i think 100,000 for a bathroom 100,000 for a kitchen maybe 100,000 in the backyard for some really nice elaborate um, uh, setup in the backyard that would that would make it about a 2.15 15 2.2 million dollar property for 300,000 so If you take 2.15 and you take off $300,000, right? It's 1.85. Then you knock off hundred thousand dollars for somebody having to come in and do the work themselves. So that's 1.75. List price, 1.75. On a home that's assessed much higher, right? On a home that's much bigger. So all you have to do, and our marketing will be that it's a huge house in a great neighborhood That's basically, you know, $400,000 under market value because you need a new kitchen, new bathroom, and maybe something nice in the backyard. So buy the house at a big discount, put a couple hundred thousand dollars into it. Boom. You're up to date. You're up to speed. You found a beautiful house. Now, if you're that kind of buyer, then... You know, you really want to go out there because there are not a lot of those buyers. A lot of people, you know, need to move in, turn the key and just live in the house. But this is for a buyer that may be even looking to build a new house, right? Because they want certain kitchen and they want certain bathrooms, they want a certain... Well, this is an opportunity to buy a huge house at a great price. A 7,300 square foot new house would cost about $2.8 million. This is 1.75. Put in three hundred thousand. You have all the things that you need in a house. It'd be wonderful. So, so when you're pricing these, we have another one where everything looks great. The house looks great. Same thing. Get great bones. Everything's been taken care of. The backyard um, has a beautiful pool. Um, that house is worth one point five five million dollars. Maybe, maybe one point six million dollars. It's going to go on the market for one point two five. So you can get on, you know, you find a house 1.25 that would normally be worth 1.55, 1.6, then come in, you know, it's it was a model home, so it still has a lot of the finishes from the model home. So it's probably $200,000 worth of work into that house. So let's do the math. 1.25 million is the purchase price, plus 200,000, you have 1.45 in it, it's worth 1.65 million. Built-in equity. In a market where people are paying more than homes are worth, these type of homes, these type of purchases, as long as you have a realtor and a seller that are collaborating and understand that you need to discount the value of the house plus that extra big, uh, which is what the buyer is gonna want in order to do that kind of work. But you know, when all is said and done, when you buy a house like that and you get to fix it up yourself, you get all the finishes exactly the way you want it. No gray's walls, you know, no, um, you know, old kitchen state-of-the-art state-of-the-art kitchen, state-of-the-art bathrooms, get all the colors you want in the house, put in 200, $250,000 in just cosmetic items. Right. And then you built in the equity in both of those houses. So, one is um, one is in Oakton, on uh, it's coming out on Prince William, uh, Prince Edward, and that's going to be one seven five, and then one is coming out on a great neighborhood called Hunter's Run, and that one's coming out at one point two five million. That's both of them are great deals, but one point two five is in that wheelhouse range of a huge, huge buyer pool. Okay, so all of these things are happening the markets are changing and you know uh you know when I wrote this book I don't know where it is it's around me somewhere it's on one of the walls the bottom of that book says it's what you learn after you know it all right so you know we're the number four team in the state of Virginia and blah 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 number one in Fairfax County blah 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 five times more than the next closest agent in Vienna but you know we get up every day trying to figure out how to do things better and how to learn and how to do this. And I think the problem in real estate is a lot of times agents get set in their ways and think they know everything and don't learn and don't grow. And in a market like this, the marketing and the advertising and the, um, the strategies that you have to use, they evolve. I mean, we need to move with the market. So, um, You know, again, when you're when you're looking for a realtor, you need to understand it's not the it's not the company that sells the house. It's the realtor. What are your strategies? How are they working now? So this weekend we had, um, again, the predictive analysis say this again. And for those of you don't know, we put homes on the market coming soon. We do a full marketing presentation for all seven days. We read. How many people are looking at the house? How many people like the house? How many people are going to show the house? How many people favor the house? You know, we contact all the agents and say, hey, did you know your people love this house? So we do all of that in the first seven days. So 90% of our job is in that first seven days, right? Getting everybody whipped up. Well, if we haven't whipped anybody up and there is no buyer pool and we find out there's only one or two showings, then that we do the predictive analysis and say, we stop. We do not have enough people at this price range. We need to drop $50,000. And that's what happened this weekend. We launched a house. We were going to go off at 1.45. It did not have, you know, I felt it was worth more than $1.5 million. We did not have the buyer pool. We didn't have the excitement. We moved it down to one, three, nine, nine. Again, good seller, smart seller it takes a lot of guts, right? takes a lot of guts to say, well, I really wanted this. We're sitting here and you want me to go down here? And the answer is yes. And they do it. So this seller got a, a multiple contract. We did drop the price. We got multiple contracts. for about $135,000 to $140,000 over list price with backup contracts. So, um, and I don't mind disclosing, you know, what we get because if I have backup contracts, I really don't care. Um, you know, so Yes, we went down 50 and then we got bids that are 135,000 over list price. Um, We just had a settlement with a seller who confided in me that she was very uncomfortable and we went from 1.2 to 1.15. So he really did not want 1.15 for that house. And we ended up at 1.435. Yeah, I think we might've gone from 1.15 to 1.1 but I know we ended at 1.425, uh, 1.435. So, so she got 230,000. So we must have gone off at 1.2 million. She got $235,000 over list price. Again, 60 days ago was probably a different market than it is today. That might've been 45 days ago, but this is a current market. This What happened this weekend is current. So every week I'll bring you up to date on what's currently on the market. And if you can catch the right number, if you can catch the right buyer pool, are there still bidders out there? Yes. As long as people have children, people get married, people take jobs in our town, they're always going to need houses, right? They need, they're, they're living in Arlington, the house is, you know, they're having their third kid, they need a bigger house. They're coming out, they're going to buy a house, right? People are moving into town, they just got a new job. Hey, I need a new house. People, uh, their kids are um, uh, left all the college. Now they got a big house and there's only two of them left. They got to move. They're going to go to Richmond or follow the grandkids around or whatever. They just need a smaller house. It's always going to happen, right? So the buyer pool, people always have to buy a house, right? So there's always going to be that market going around. Now, we have gone from or are moving to 90% of the home selling in the first weekend to 30 to 40% of the homes withdrawing unsold, right? Because people are still in a little bit of shock, right? So so it's different. You have to be very thoughtful, you have to be very careful. But if you have a good house and it's priced correctly and it's staged right, it's gonna sell, it's gonna sell at a premium. There are a lot of buyers out there, right? So the house we just sold this weekend had uh, 25, 26 showings, Uh, 15 people through an open house. So that's a lot of buyers. So the buyers haven't gone anywhere. I know interest rates are higher, but here's the thing about high interest rates. Over the years, as interest rates go up, lenders, mortgage bankers, Wall Street, they've got to make loans. So what they're going to come up with is products they're going to get you in it at one low rate and it's going to move up, or it's going to stay at one low rate for four years or five years and it's going to move up. So, you know, the way the economy works is they rise and in, raise interest rates to slow the economy down. And when the economy slows down, they got to lower interest rates to get the economy back up again. Right. So, you know, usually that five to seven year loan where the loan rate is locked for five to seven years, it's plenty of time to let you refinance the loan. So, As Sarah Mormon says at Samson Properties, you know, marry the house, date the rate. So find that beautiful house you want, right? Find the house you want because there's a lot of them out there right now. And then get that low, the lowest rate you could possibly get and then refinance when the time comes. Let's just take a quick break and let's let's look at how the market is doing, which is usually one of my first turns. So let's take a look. Let's see where we're at. Okay, so we know that uh, homes under contract is one of my bigger indicators. A seller's market is when the amount of homes under contract exceeds 60%. This is all a seller's market in here, right? Now, under 40 is a buyer's market. Between 40 and 60 is a neutral market. So a lot of buyers are out there right now, thinking they're gonna steal a house um, because it's a buyer's market. It's not a buyer's market. It's not a buyer's market yet. It's a neutral market. So, and to be honest with you, the top 50, 60% of the homes are gonna sell, they're good houses, right? And the top 20 or 25 are gonna sell fast, right? So you see a home you like, don't, don't act like you know buyers are in such control. New homes are still scarce. Really good homes are still scarce. So homes with pools very scarce. So that home we just sold had a pool. Bidders all over the place. Tons of people out looking at it. skyrocket, You know, price over list price. So, so that market is still out there. So don't. You know, I, I think some buyers are coming and saying, "Oh, we're in a low box. It's a buyer's market." No, it's not. No, it's not. And besides, every market is different. Here's a look. In Arlington, 46% of the homes are under contract. That's a neutral market. In McLean, 38%. So what does that tell you? McLean has fallen into a slight buyer's market. Now, we've seen it at 15%, at 17%. So 38 is still healthy, but it's a buyer's market, okay? Oakton has fallen into a, just falling into a buyer's market. Um, you know, Vienna's at, at 50%, which is is a neutral market. So you see, neutral market in Oak Hill, strongest market right now is in Reston at 57%. Everybody else is pretty much in that 50% range. So what you're seeing is you're seeing neutral markets throughout throughout the area with scarce buyers markets in McLean and Oakton. Again, we're gonna put a house on in Oakton for uh, 1.89 million and it will get um, a mob scene. I mean, we will definitely have that sold and hopefully over $2 million. So um, beautiful homes with pools uh, that are priced correctly um, will attract buyers and will sell. So if anybody's looking for a home with a pool in about the, I would say $2 million range, you know, we have one coming up. Um, I I think it's coming soon already. So either call your realtor or call us and we'll put you in touch with these houses. But as you can see, not a seller's market, not a buyer's market, neutral market, healthy market. Ninety percent of the homes under contract is not healthy. Homes getting bid up 150000 dollars all the time. It's not healthy. Even bad homes. I mean, bad homes get bid up. That's just not healthy. It can't. It can't last. And you know, what goes up must come down. Right? It scares me when they go up that much. Here's a look right now at the withdrawal rates. And remember I say that, you know, the success is everybody doesn't sell. You know, the the, the fact is everybody doesn't sell a house. In 2017, 46% of the homes that went on the market didn't sell. They were withdrawn. Um, You know, and you can see those numbers. It's it's usually 40% is what it normally is. Now in here, we started losing inventory and it slipped down. And as you can see with lack of inventory, the foreclosures, I mean, the withdrawals almost go away, right? This is left to that, remember that bad buy, the bad seller I was talking about that overprices their house, and expects everything and tells you what to do and then blames you when it doesn't go right? Um, there's still 12% of those people out there, right? Even last, even the first half of this year, as, it, as we just proved. But now in July, 30% of the houses did withdraw. So 70% sold. 30% didn't, so I always look at, you know, okay, how many homes went under contract? How many homes withdrew, right? Okay, well 70, you know, of the homes that withdrew or, or went under contract, 30% of them were foreclosure or were withdrawn and 70% went under contract. So, so I would just um, caution people that this is no place for uncle Joe. Um, this is no place for your neighbor to rent list your house. There's no place for a, uh, somebody starting out. If if you're an agent and you're starting out, you should be with a very skilled realtor and and work with them, okay, and learn from them, because the kind of marketing that's required in in a, to sell a house today, the track record that you have to have in order to have gain the confidence of a seller, and let me just say this: so, you know, I don't. I try and teach my football players humility, right? They're like really great athletes. They do great things. And try and teach them to be humble. Don't brag about yourself. If you don't brag about yourself, then other people will brag about you. So be compassionate for, you know, people don't have what you have. So I hate to, in real estate, say we did this amount of business. We did a hundred million in the first half. We did this, that. Because that goes counter to what I teach the kids every every football season right but a seller needs it's a collaboration right if we're going to get through this together you need to collaborate with your seller you need to be one don't tell a seller what to do and they won't tell you what to do you need to collaborate come up with a plan together ask each other questions come up with a collaborative plan and then execute the plan based on all of the facts and data that you have right so so it's you know, it's a collaboration. So the only reason why a realtor has to disclose their track record and say, you know, I did 55 million this year in Vienna, or I did 77 million in Vienna and Oakton. That's only so the seller can feel comfortable that their partner understands the market, and knows what they're talking about, and you can value their opinion. The one thing is, I'll go into a listing presentation and I'll say. And we'll give a piece of advice like, no, they, they said that's not right. They want to do. They, they said to you should stage the house, right? Okay, so so we look up the agent, and the agent's done two deals, not in Vienna for the year. So I can't rely on what they say, right? If somebody like uh, some of the agents I respect say something, yeah, they got a great track record. It's like I'll try that, or I'll think about that, or I'll I'll put that in my you know thing. So. So you have to authenticate who you're talking to. So if you if you have three agents that walk in the door, they all need to tell you what is your track record. How many times have you done it? How many of these big houses have you sold? What's your days on market? What's your withdrawal rate? You know, you need to know that information so that you can trust them, and they can trust you, and then collaborate and work together. You know, this is um, this is not a. Um, uh, you know, it shouldn't be, uh, you know, I'm telling everybody everything and they're telling me everything. It should be a collaboration, right? So I've come up to 1130. The day is done. My name is Casey Sampson. I'm at 703-508-2535. I hope you've gotten something out of today. The market is changing and we need to change with it or at least we need to evolve with the market. So you can reach me at Casey at caseysampson.com or 703 508 25.35. Now, from now on, we're going to have Coffee with Casey at, at 10.30 every Thursday morning. I switched it to 11. There's a a mastermind class. It's phenomenal every other week at 11. So I'm just, I'm going to switch ours to 10.30 um, so that I can sit on this master class and hopefully learn something. Um, but I'll see you next Thursday and every Thursday at 10.30 on Coffee with Casey. Bye now.